Welcome to Grace Notes. This is your host, Barbara Sandbeck. We hope you've been enjoying this series on power. Today, before I conclude it, I'd like to summarize some of the things we've covered. God is the source of all power. We receive God the Holy Spirit's power when we place our faith in Jesus. The more we surrender our will to God, the more His power can operate in our lives. Through this power, we can seek to live a holy life and find the power in purity. In our human weaknesses, God's power is made manifest through us because they keep us dependent on God, the power source. The truths in the Bible also give us power. The Bible acts like a cleansing agent, a light to guide us, and a faith builder. When we apply its truths to our lives, we have power over evil. There is power in God's presence. There we gain understanding and fullness of joy, which is our strength. God uses trials to call us to Himself and bring us ultimate contentment as we become God-sufficient. We should enter God's presence in childlike faith, bringing a gift of praise to Him. And now, to today's topic, the power of praise. I'm not a real avid football fan, but recently I watched a rather interesting game with my husband. The team that lost really seemed to be the better team, but they made a lot of errors, most of which were centered around the field goal kicker. The sports reporter said that no one was talking to him after his third missed field goal. I felt kind of sorry for him, even though I said, they pay him what? To kick a ball? (laughs) Anyway, I enjoyed seeing the crowd. They were decked out in their team's colors, and one guy even had body paint all over his shirtless chest. It was cold there. Every time their team would do something great, people would go crazy, raising their hands and shouting at the top of their lungs. And I thought how we humans are made to praise, not just with our voices, but with our whole being. The trouble is, though, we are uninhibited in our praise of everything but God. And what he does for us warrants extravagant praise. After all, with God as our captain, we're on the winning team. God has decreed holy orders upon us to proclaim his praise from birth. Psalm 8-2 says, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. Jesus himself recited this verse to the chief priests and teachers of the law when they became indignant over the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. According to Isaiah fifty-five twelve, even the mountains and the hills burst into song and the trees clapped their hands before the Lord. Because with the curse from the fall of man came the curse on creation as well. Romans 8 says that creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed then it, too, will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We have a glorious hope to look forward to, new glorified bodies. Isn't that something to rejoice about? There's nothing more momentous in the life of a woman than the birth of her first child. Now, for me, that was some 28 years ago. Oh, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I was all nestled in, ready to give the final push, when the doctor said, Whatever you do, do not take your hands out from under the sterile drapes. I couldn't figure out why he said that at first, but I want to tell you, when my son was delivered and they held him up and he sounded his first cry, my hands instinctively came out from under the drapes to reach out to the son I had so long waited to see. 
The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8 that we as believers are in the throes of childbirth, waiting expectantly for the deliverance of our bodies into their sinless state. When Christ comes again, the joy of childbirth will pale in comparison to the radiant joy we'll feel when we see our Savior. If we've never raised our hands here on earth in praise, we won't be able to keep from raising them as we reach out to the one we've so long waited to see, Jesus Christ, our Savior.
I've shared that illustration in song and concert many times. Sometimes I sense its effectiveness and sometimes I don't. We often conduct two concerts in one day. One particular day we had completed the first one, then spent the afternoon walking the boardwalk in the damp air. I found myself struggling to complete the evening service. I must admit, I was glad to get it over with. No one stopped to talk with me that night. A year and a half later, we returned to that church and presented another concert. About that time, I'd been trying to figure out how faith healing worked. It seemed to be real on TV, but I never knew anyone personally who was miraculously healed. Many folks stopped to talk with me that night, and I noticed a lady waiting on the side. After everyone else was finished, she came up and said she wanted to tell me what had happened to her the last time we were there. She said she'd had an infection in her finger. It hurt so much she stopped using it. Then she stopped moving her arm. She developed bursitis so bad she couldn't even raise her arm halfway up. She said that for some reason she always receives things from the Lord much better when she raises her hands. When I had talked about raising hands to the Lord, she wanted to, but said to the Lord, You know I can't raise my arm. He kept telling her to do it anyway, so she did. To her amazement, both arms went up. She said she'd figured it was only temporary, but she was healed. Now, I didn't touch her. In fact, I didn't even know what was going on. I just sang the Lord's praises in my croaking voice. His power was brought down, and her obedience through faith made her whole. God does heal, but He does it His way. What's keeping you from praising the Lord? Is there a healing that God wants to give you if you but break through and be obedient? I want to conclude with another personal experience. On occasion, I'm beset with a problem with phlegm. Now, I compose a real hindrance to a singer. Before one of my concerts, I decided to reread the scripture I was going to share. I was losing the phlegm battle badly that day, and I stopped reading to plead with the Lord to please remove it. I was doing His work. Couldn't He spare me the trouble? I'd heard that it was good to pray the Psalms, so I went to David's lamenting ones. You know, the ones that say, Woe is me, and why have you forsaken me? Oh, it felt right. After all, that's how I was feeling, but nothing happened. Then I turned to the praise Psalms and began to read. Before I knew it, the phlegm was gone. God commands us to praise Him in all things, and when we do, we'll find that there is power in praise. Unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth through all generations.
you've enjoyed this series. I know I've grown a lot through studying for it. If you've been blessed, it would encourage us greatly to hear from you, so please drop us a line and let us know. You can write to Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or email us through our website at sandbeckministries.com. That's S-A-N-D-B-E-K ministries.com. If God leads you, please send along a gift to help us stay on the air. Don't miss our next program. We're beginning a new series.